Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast, core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. This week, we're going to discuss some pearls and tricks of the trade for transvenous pacemaker placement. Let's start with the indications for placement. Typically, we're going to be putting these in in patients with high degree blocks, either second degree type 2 or third degree AV block. Other indications include AF with a slow ventricular response and in patients who are at a significant risk for going into complete heart block. This is usually patients with an acute MI with a bifascicular or trifascicular block already, but they haven't quite flipped into that full complete heart block. If the patient is symptomatic from their Brady dysrhythmia or has signs of hypoperfusion, I think it's pretty easy to pull the trigger on placement. What can be more difficult is when the patient has a high degree block, but they have a good pressure. These patients still need a TV pacer if there's a concern for clinical worsening or if no one else can perform the procedure in the hospital at that time. This often happens to us on the overnights and weekends when we're the only credentialed doc in-house to perform the procedure. Once you've decided that a temporary pacer needs to be placed, why not just go the simple way and put the patient on a transcutaneous pacemaker? Transcutaneous pacers have a number of issues with them. Capture can be difficult with tolerable energy levels as the current needs to go through the chest wall. This can be even more difficult in larger patients. Often when you get captured, the patient's so uncomfortable that significant analgesia or even sedation is going to be needed, which may worsen their hemodynamics. For these reasons, I prefer to just put in the temporary transvenous pacemaker. All right, next, let's go into preparation. I'm going to drop an image from Roberts and Hedges into the show notes showing all of the equipment that's necessary. In short, you're gonna need an introducer, a pacing wire, a pacing generator, a cable to connect the wire to the generator, adapter pins to connect the wire to the cable, a sterile sleeve, and then a 3cc syringe. Although you can float a pacer wire through a standard cordis introducer, this is not the best way to do it. The problem is that that cordis is a little bit too large for the wire that's going through it, and so you're gonna get some blood that leaks around it. If the patient's crashing, go ahead and throw in that intro and then put the wire through that. Who cares about the leak? But if you've got a little bit of time, it's better to go with a smaller catheter. Usually this is going to be a six or five French so that the wire fits snugly and there's no leak. Now the catheter should be placed either in the right IJ or left subclavian sites as these veins give you the straightest shot for the wire and least likelihood of it getting stuck anywhere on their path. Since the left subclavian is the preferred site for cardiologists for permanent pacemakers, you may want to go for the right IJ so as not to piss off the cardiologist. Once the catheter is in, you're ready to float the wire. Don't forget to confirm that the balloon at the end of the wire inflates before placing it. Connect the sterile sheath and place the wire through the sheath into the catheter. An assistant can connect the wire to the cable using the adapter pins and then the cable to the generator. Turn the generator on and set the rate for 80 to 90 beats per minute the output to 5 amps, and the sensitivity of 3 millivolts. Next, advance the catheter about 15 to 20 centimeters, and then use that 3cc syringe to inflate the balloon. Now you're going to float the wire down into the right ventricle. The classic teaching for this process was to do a rhythm tracing from the wire by hooking up the V1 lead of the EKG to the wire. While this works, there are clearly easier ways to do this. Instead of looking for the progression of electrical changes as the wire moves, you can simply look at the O2 sat tracing. When your pacer has captured, the rate on the sat, not the O2 sat number itself, but the rate that it's picking up, should go from whatever Brady rate the patient has to the set rate on your generator. If the patient had a third degree AV block at 30 beats per minute, you're going to see capture when it jumps up to 80 beats per minute. 
The advantage with this method is it's simple and it tells you that you both have electrical capture as well as mechanical capture, i.e. it's not just that the heart rate is higher, but the perfusing rate has increased as well. This technique was just recently taught to me by Ruben Strayer and I had a chance to put it into practice recently and found it way easier and faster than the traditional technique. So that's really it. I think transvenous pacemaker placement makes people anxious, but it's a fairly simple procedure. And actually, when you look at it, it's two different procedures. Placement of a central line, which we're really good at, and then placement of a wire. A couple of big key take-home points. Number one, make sure you know where all the equipment is in your department. Far too often I see people scrambling to find all of the different pieces. Even better if you can get one kit that has everything or a box like your airway box, that's gonna make your life so much easier. Once you know where all the equipment is, make sure you're familiar with all of it. I don't want everyone to go and open all of the kits to practice, but this is a really good place for a workshop or simulation session to make sure that everybody is comfortable with all of the pieces of the kit. Tip number three, the right IJ is the best approach, but left subclavian can be used in a pinch. And finally, number four, when floating the wire, follow your O2 sat waveform. When you see the rate increase to match the rate you set on the generator, you're done. In the upcoming months, we're gonna be putting together a video detailing the whole process. But in the meantime, I found a great video on YouTube from Al Sacchetti detailing the process that we're gonna link in the show notes as well. Well, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net, where we've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. This Wednesday, we're going to have a post-up on hypokalemia management, and we're going to have a journal update on Thursday discussing the HEAT trial, looking at acetaminophen for fever in critically ill patients. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and like us on the site, visit our Google Plus page, and follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, and see you all next week. 